welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you were ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Thank you, guys. And will you please open your Bibles up to uh, the book of Psalms, verse, uh, chapter number 23. Psalm 23. Uh, and, and, and if you're following along in the Version Bible, it is so cool because I, I was excited because, like, look at that, man. I, I have my sermon right here. I can just, like, like do it here. I could, I could, but I'm going to do it there. But, but uh, isn't, that, isn't that fun? I'm just, again, thank you so much for the creative team for doing this. This way you can even share your notes with others through social media and however you want to do it. I posted it through my Facebook even today. Just another way of getting the word out, whether it's with the your invited cards or, or that using social media. Just get them simple ways, simple ways to get the message of Jesus out. So, so what does Adventure Highway look like? What is it? Well, Adventure Highway is all about exiting the interstate highway. You guys know about I-20. You know about I-820. You know about I-30. You know, we don't like going that direction on I-30. Then, then, but then the I-35, especially going north. I mean, come on. You're coming down. You know these interstates, they, they, they represent, they, they really kind of like represent the rat race. You, you get on them and you inhale all of these exhaust fumes and you hope for survival and, and, and you pray you won't break down. Any of you guys have a Ford? I do. I have a Ford. And I learned something about Fords a long time ago is, is oh, in the, in the early 90s, I'm excuse me, in the early 2000s, they started putting something into Fords called limp mode. Have you been in limp mode on a Ford? Okay. That's when it just goes boom, 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 boom. And, and, and you're kind of just like halfway there. And I was, I was getting onto the interstate the other day and all of a sudden it just boom. Just, and a little wrench pops up. I go, wow, that is limp mode. I know about that. And, and you're on the interstate, and, 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 and everybody is, is like dodging you, and they're, and they're blowing the horn at you, and they're making gestures to you that aren't even remotely Christian. <laughs> and, and, and you're thinking, ah, what can I do? And, and, uh, and there you are. You're, just, you're in limp mode. Of course, I done this a few times before. I know if I can get it over the car over the side, stop it, and basically reboot the car, it may work quite well, and I did, and it started back up, and I drove on, but, but you know, if you get broken down on the interstate, the truth is, is you just pray you won't, because no one's going to help you. They're not going to help you, because they know they might get crashed into, and you might get crashed into, because everyone's driving too fast, and they're too, got to get there, <laughs> Plus, you know, just like I know, it's too dangerous to assist a stranded motorist on the interstate. So I'm challenging you to take the adventure highway and exit the insanity that most people are sucked into. The road that is taking a lot of people to an eternity of death, and that's the truth. You see, there are these two ways, there are these two roads. Uh, when, when you see the word way in the scriptures, it actually refers to a road or a pathway. There's the, the interstate highway and the ancient path. And, and in, fact, in fact, it's interesting because the original Christians, they weren't even called Christians at that time, they were called the way, which meant the path, it was the road. So, so as we're talking about roads and paths and, and the ancient highway, we're talking about our faith. See, the ancient path is actually where you find the real action. It's this winding road. It's this unpredictable place of twists and turns. It's about, it's about pursuing God. And on this path, you actually get to enjoy the scenery. My wife and I took a couple of days this week just to relax and went driving. And, and one of the things we didn't do is drive on the interstate. 
we're city folks, and, and, and it's, the interstate is almost, you, you, you can't avoid it, but we took the back roads, and it was fun. It's beautiful, it was rewarding. And the truth is you just begin to drink in all that's around you. And when you're on this ancient path in your life, you begin to see God at work in amazing ways around you. You experience, you experience life in this, this new texture. It's, it's, it's actually amazingly addictive when you're taking the road less traveled. Your life is like this journey. At, at the same time, it's a journey with a very, very distinct destination. And, and our destination as followers of Christ is very different than the destination of the wide, broad highway. See, our adventure highway destination is simply this. It's eternity with Jesus. That's where we're going. Uh, that's the destination that I want every single one of you to experience and I expect to experience as well. Eternity with Jesus is what we call heaven. <laughs> it's the destination of the people who take the ancient path. It's the destination where, where you're healed. It's where you're whole. It's, it's where there is no offense. It's where there is no tears. It's where there's rest. It's where there's immeasurable pleasure. Heaven with Jesus is where you are with friends and there's zero stress. I want that. That's my adventure highway destination. Eternity with Jesus. So adventure highway, it's, it's really the road that we're on Christianity from here to our destination. And I'm asking you guys, will you make the rest of your life an adventure? And will you get on this ancient path with me and quit longing for the broad highway that leads to destruction? Let's take a road trip into the unknown. But oftentimes, the truth is, um, going down your adventure highway, you find there are difficulties. There, there, there are these surprise storms and you make your own stupid mistakes. Uh, fear, um, a lot of other kinds of things like that can actually cause you to freeze up in your tracks and you, you just feel like giving up. I understand. Your surprise storms happen to every single one of us. I've taken four separate trips to the north rim of the Grand Canyon. Uh, three of them, the first three were private rite of passage man trips, as my boys call them, with each of my sons at the age of 12. And uh, one, the fourth one, was an extreme trip that I took just three years ago with all three sons when they were a little bit older to handle some of the rigors of the backcountry. And, and, uh, and, and I, I took them out there. It was just amazing. Four trips. And I'll tell you, the North Rim of the Grand Canyon, it's, it's an amazing place. It's located on Arizona's Kaibab Plateau. It's very high. The, the campsite is the elevation of 8,300 feet. In fact, the remote North Rim of the Grand Canyon is where only about 2 to 3% of Grand Canyon visitors actually go. It, and part of it is because it's only accessible in May through September due to the snow that's there. Uh, they, they close it. The, the, the weather up there is also totally unpredictable. And, and they warn you about it when you arrive. It's, uh, they, they let you know, watch out. You'll receive this on your way in. <laughs> you got to watch out for the, the weather at the North Rim because it goes kind of crazy. Crazy storms, crazy lightning. It's different than, than the South Rim, even though that's crazy enough. And, and, uh, but, but it's an amazing place to be. It's a wonderful place to be, yet it's also a horrible place to be. 2008, I was taking my son, Devin, on his rite of passage trip, on his 12-year-old uh, birthday trip with dad. 
And we, we were, were heading out there, and, and, and I'd, I'd found something that had just become available just immediately prior to that trip, and, and there was a book that was fresh out, and it was called Death in the Grand Canyon. Devin, do you have, oh, oh Rebecca, thank you. Oh, you're better than Devin. I right, see. So yeah. This cool book, this really, really awesome book was just fresh out, and so... I got the book and I loved it. I mean, it is cool, right? Right? And there, I actually am holding it in front of our fire pit at the, at the Grand Canyon. Is that cool? That's real. That's real. That's real. That's not, there's no Photoshop there. Reading Death in the Grand Canyon. And, um, and the cool thing about this is, is that in this book, you can find, like, you, you can, it is so well, well laid out. Uh, and they actually give updates to it, like the latest deaths, and so they give a new update like every couple of years to the books. Awesome, I, I had to get the update too. And so, so in this book, you, you can look up like where your campsite is or where you're hiking or, or where you're hanging out, and you can find out about the people that have died right there. I think it's crazy. And, and so, so, so we're able to open it up and go, like, okay, hey, we're right here, okay. Like, okay. Here's the story of the guys who died here and why they died. And so, so we're telling the stories. I read this over the campfire, and it's so much fun. And, and in fact, on our extreme trip we, that, I, that I took with the boys when we went down in and back up and did, did some crazy stuff that I'll never do again, uh, we, I'd say like our final destination, this campsite, we found it, the deaths that actually happened in that one weird, bizarre backcountry uh, campsite. In fact, one of them was of a guy who got up in the middle of the night to use the bathroom and, and fell off the edge and you know, went down and died. And it's like, oh, well. That's what happens. I said, guys, careful when you get up to go to the bathroom. And the boys were like, uh, yeah. I know it's terrible, but it's still fun. But I love it. But I tell you, it's a dangerous place to be. And so many of the deaths that happen out there, including the one I just told you about, about the guy getting, had to do with weather. Just the weather goes crazy out there. Thanks, Rebecca or Preston. Thank you. Um, but up at the North Rim, there's this place called the Great Lodge. The Great Lodge was built back in the 1930s. In fact, that whole campground feels very old up, up there. It's, it's like a trip back in time. Um, I don't know how to better describe it to you except like this. It's kind of like a smaller version of the lodge in The Shining. No kidding. Yet it overlooks the canyon with these huge windows at the back of the lodge. It has an amazing view, yet my sons will all tell you it's a bit creepy. It, it really is. I, I, I had my second son there, Devin, with me in early 2008, or actually it was early June, June, uh, you know, maybe a couple of weeks prior to where we are right now in 2008. And we, we drove out there. We'd finally gotten to our destination. and and uh, had the convertible top down. I'm telling you guys, it was sunny, it was beautiful. You know, the air is thin, so you get out and walk around, you can feel it immediately. You gotta kinda take your time, pace yourself. Camping at 8,300 feet under these massive pines. It's just like, yes! So, so we were in the Great Lodge and we were looking out at the windows and all of a sudden, I said, Devin, look, look. No kidding, these, these clouds were like they were rolling. I've never seen anything like it before. Think Texas clouds are crazy? Uh-uh. They, 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 just, they were rolling in, and what would happen is as soon as they would get to the rim of the canyon, they would begin plummeting straight down into the canyon, like, like they were being sucked down, sucked down and back up. It was like something, it was like CG. 
I, yet, yet more bizarre than CG. And I'm looking at it thinking, I can't believe what I'm seeing. People start started rushing over to the windows to look at it. I was like, Devin, look at this. And, and this is before we had like videos on our, on our phones. I couldn't take video. I, I just was spellbound by the whole thing thinking, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And, and everyone was gasping, looking at it. It just, it just didn't look real. And as the whole thing was happening, like, wow, you know, people started crowding in. So I go, let's get out of here. And, and I went, went to buy something. And, and then all of a sudden, there's this bam, this clap of thunder as I was checking out with the clerk. And, and, uh, and the clerk looked up at me with just like this shock on the face. It was just boosh. And the clerk looked out the window and said, oh, my goodness, the atmosphere is shifting. I'll never forget it. He said, the atmosphere is shifting. Think quick. Take cover. Like, well, I've read all about this, so here we go. So what do I do is I go outside. <laughs> because the top was open on my car, so I went and closed the convertible top. And, and Devin knows this. He, he is my witness. Within 30 minutes, the temperature went down to about 30 degrees. It, it started with rain, and just like a couple minutes later, it went changed to sleet. The next thing I know, it was snow. This all happened like boom, boom, boom within about 10 minutes, then down to about 30 degrees. No kidding, no kidding. And you thought Fort Worth weather could change in an instant. Uh, my, my car iced over. I, I, I snapped this picture real quick as I was getting it. I mean, I couldn't believe what was happening. I got, we got inside the car and cranked up the car heater and, and turned on the seat heaters and flipped on the traction controls. Like, well, we got to head back to our tent. And, and I mean, it was just snow was boo, 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 coming down. It's heavy snow. And when we get to the tent, surprise, the tent is now collapsed under the snow. And I remember just sitting in the tires. And Devin looks at me and goes, so dad, what do we do now? I was like, I don't know. I'm from the city. <laughs> okay, here's what's worse. We're wearing t-shirts and shorts. Now, we had brought hoodies just in case because we know, you know, it does get cool up there, but I wasn't expecting this. And that night after the storm passed, my little thermometer keep with me because there are no weather apps up there. There's no, you, you don't have that there. Uh, it wouldn't work anyway. It's just, it's just because everything is so diverse from, you know, a thousand feet out. It's just all, all different. Uh, that night, my little uh, thermometer said it was 25 degrees. And that night, ice kept pelting the tent all night long. In fact, in fact, it was interesting because the heat from our bodies created this ice dome over the tent and had to keep getting up multiple times to break the ice off for it to, to, to fall off the tent to keep the tent from collapsing while we were asleep. In the morning, um, the sun began to come out, and sun comes out up there all oh, just a little after 5 a.m. at that time of the year, and, and, and these ice chunks then begin falling out of the huge pine trees, bam, straight down under your tent. I know you're not supposed to camp under, under trees. I, I know that, but still out there, you don't have a choice. And all of a sudden, these, these ice chunks are hitting the tent. We go, boom, boom. It is scary. I was like, you know, we got to run for cover. So we run for cover from the tent to get in the convertible car. You know, hey, there's a little more help there. And uh, you just wait for the ice to quit dropping and figure out what we're going to do from there. I mean, it was crazy. Surprise storms. A surprise storm can just leave you dead in your tracks. And for you, it may be an accident. It may be a financial shift. Maybe the loss of a job, it could be the failure of your company, it could be a disease, it could be an assault, it could be an offense, it could be an injury, it could be an affair, a divorce, it could be the death of a family member or, or rejection from somebody that you love dearly. 
See, storms are a part of life. And when storms rage, we find ourselves frozen in our tracks quite often. Today I'm talking about storms. And, oh, you know, what, what, what do you do when you're following Christ and you're clobbered with a raging storm that just doesn't seem fair? And I'm telling you guys, it never seems fair. But, but here's the truth. God never said that life would be fair to you. He just says that he will be just to you. Some of you guys, you're in raging storms right now. My prayer for today is that God will give you clarity. Say, from from my trips to the North Rim, I began learning about this thing called the back country, which I'm naming this series after. I mean, we're talking a lot about the back country that I've experienced out there during these next few weeks. Back country is defined this way. It is defined as a geographical region that is remote, undeveloped, isolated, or difficult to access. And that's where our lives end up a lot of times. It's full of twists and turns. And in the backcountry, you you have to be prepared to deal with the most unfortunate mishaps. Yet you also have to remain strong in the face of adversity. I've learned that. I I have a favorite backcountry tool, and and I need my my special tool right here. Uh, Preston, thank you so much for bringing this to me. Now, this this is a favorite backcountry tool of mine. Some of you guys will say, yeah, that's a walking stick. Oh, my friend, it is not. This, my friend, is a trekking pole. Explain to you what a trekking pole is. First of all, I'm, I'm going to have to need this because, because you don't know. <laughs> they will slip off your hands because you're going to spend hours with this thing in your hand. And, and, uh, and a trekking pole isn't like just a normal little stick because at the end of it, you have a little cap on here in case you want to be uh, a city boy and walk down the street with it and look cool. Great. But if you're in the back country, no, you use it right. Hey, don't mess with me on the streets of, of this city if you see me walking with this stick. Because, see, the trekking pole has this right here. And with this, you can put it into the ground and it stabilizes you. You see, you need it. I learned this. You need it, especially when things get stormy. I remember when I first got the, the uh, our standard trekking poles for my, my boys. They're like, we're not going to use those, Dad. Those are goofy. I was like, no, you have to use them. You have to use them. I'm oh, sure I'm glad they used them. I'm telling you because I, uh, my trekking poles on my fourth trip into the canyon, th- they got me out of that canyon. I had to use them almost as crutches to pull myself out because my knees had given out on that extreme trip. See, see, when you're in the canyon, when you're out there in the backcountry, you have the correct tools. You have to pack light. You have to pack smart and, and be ready for whatever throws at you because you don't know what's going to happen. A storm or a mishap can come at you at any time and you've simply got to be ready. Thanks a lot. You know, it's the same way with our spiritual lives and what I call our adventure highway trek. That's why we need to be assured that God's with us, whether you can see him or not. This is where faith plays a huge role. David said it this way in Psalm 23. He said this. Take a look in your Bibles. This is so good. The Lord is my shepherd. That means he's right there with you. I lack nothing in the backcountry. Look at this. He leads, he makes me lie down in the green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths, the ancient paths, for his name's sake. 
even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, God, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then he says, you prepare before me in the presence of my enemies a table and, and you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord in the presence of God forever. I tell you guys, that's a powerful psalm right there. Because there are times in life when your path is just flat out difficult. Yet, we still have to learn how to navigate the raging storms that are going to come. And the process of pain in our lives. And, and even this, during this series, we're going to learn about this, the role of pain in our lives on our progress down Adventure Highway. I tell you guys, I, I've had to learn to navigate some very, very forceful storms in my life. And it's probably safe to assume that you have faced and are facing some huge storms as well. But here's the foundational key to all of this, is during your raging storms, dig deep into Jesus. You can, you can take great strength and wisdom by just looking at how Jesus handled himself in the middle of his suffering. See, Jesus' humiliation and his death and his victory over death, it, what, what it did is it, is it paved a way for us and it enables us to endure and to overcome the raging storms that we encounter along our own adventure highway. Here's what Jesus said. This is good, guys. This is good. John 16, Look at this. This is from the Amplified Version. I love the way it's stated. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence. In the world, Look at this. This is in the Bible, guys. Jesus said this. Look at, look at this. In the world, you will have tribulation. You're going to have tr trials. You're going to have distress. You'll have frustration. But be of good cheer and take courage. Be confident and certain and undaunted. Jesus says, for I have already overcome the world. And I have deprived it, God has, de Jesus has deprived the world of its power to harm you, and he has already conquered it for you. He did that through the cross. You see, see Jesus was a man, a fully, fully man, Jesus was, he faced horrible storms, yet he came out victorious and he paved this way for us to endure and to overcome when we hit our storms in the backcountry. Th that, that's why... When life's storms clobber you head on, you absolutely must not try to fight those storms on your own. During your storms, you, 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 you must absolutely choose to stop fighting them in your own strength. That doesn't work. I mean, Jesus himself did that. At his worst moment, he didn't bail out. He walked through the trial of his abuse and his crucifixion. In the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, just hours prior to his crucifixion, Jesus leaned into his Father, and he drew strength from his Father. 
Now, at the same time, Jesus had the ability to end it all himself because he, he was 100% God as well, but he chose not to use that power. Jesus had the option to take the easy way out, but he didn't. See, he was headed for the cross, and he knew it. And when the worst happens to us, truth is, we don't have the option to snap our fingers and make it go away, but Jesus did have that option. Instead, Jesus made the decision to suffer and to die Die as an innocent man to forgive the people who were very guilty so that we could live with him for eternity. 100% God, yet also 100% human. Jesus wrestled with how he was going to deal with the challenges ahead of him. In fact, he even asked the Father, if I can find a way around this, I would really prefer that. I don't want to go through the storm. Something like some of you are saying right now. In preparing for this, Jesus has this conversation with his disciples in Matthew chapter 16. You can read it later, but, but in this setting, he's talking with his disciples, and, and Peter has this revelation, and he says, you, Jesus, you are the Son of God. And, 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 G, and, and Jesus said, yes, and now I'm going to say that you are the rock. Uh, the, the church is going to be built on you, and I'm giving you a new name. Your name is no longer Simon. Your name is Peter. And because you, you got this revelation, you're on it. He's <laughs> feeling good. And, and uh, then Jesus changed the subject. Then he started talking about the difficult road that was ahead, about the storm that was about to come. And, and, and Peter got really upset and he pulled Jesus aside and he says, I demand that you not let this happen. Come on, you're the son of God. You know it and I know it. And then Jesus rebuked Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. Hey, wasn't this the man that just a few minutes ago that Jesus said he's going to build his church on? Peter, the rock? Now he's saying, Satan? Huh, what gives? See, Jesus could have responded kindly like we do in our culture. Well, let's talk about it. We can have a conference and discuss these things. No, no, he didn't. Instead, Jesus knew what was going on. I'm telling you what, when storms are on their way, sometimes there's not time for a conference. Jesus gave this intense and dramatic pushback against Peter. And, and Jesus told Peter, he said, in fact, you are a stumbling block to me because you are more mindful of earthly things than the things of God. You see, making the storm disappear was not part of God's plan. And that, my friend, is something for us to meditate on today and for the next few weeks. See, Jesus' response to Peter's objections revealed something about the intensity that he was even feeling in himself as, as he knew that he had to engage in something crazy that was right around the corner and, and to continue to go on to the cross. My encouragement is, as we follow Christ, that we literally follow Christ's example because Jesus refused to detour his storms. I'm telling you guys, we, we need to learn to begin to take our cues from Jesus. He, he, he didn't take the detour from the dark, stormy valley that was ahead of him. And, and whenever our paths get difficult, and when we are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you know as well as I do, it's so easy for us to get short-sighted and we forget what's really at stake. But the only way to endure many times and move forward is to simply endure the pain. Forward advance often means you have to endure the faint pain for a season. I know that from coming out of the Grand Canyon myself. I can't stop. I have to endure the pain for the season. Now, but this 
this isn't easy, this isn't simple, because in order to walk through your dark, stormy valleys, basically what you have to have is your own revelation of Jesus. You, you have to have, I mean, Jesus has to be really alive and known to you. And that, that's why, guys, I tell you, it is critical for you to pursue your own revelation of Jesus today before your trial hits. Because then, when your trial does hit and your storm comes, knowing that Jesus is by your side, he's ahead of you, and he's behind you, then you can keep moving forward. You can take another step, take another step, take another step. Keep your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Jesus is your destination. His word hits your guide. You can make it. You can make it. Have hope. Because with God, there's always hope. He, God, God doesn't waste anything when, when it, he finds ways to benefit us. And I know Adventure Highway, it is a difficult path. But it's a path that keeps moving forward. And when you, when you, when you, not if you, but when you face a season filled with pain and heartache, remember, just, just keep moving forward. Take another step. And in order to do so, I mean, there, there are also going to be times where you're going to have to simply lighten your load so you don't get stuck. I, I've had to do that before in the backcountry. During raging storms, you just got to lighten your load. The way we do that in our spiritual walk is to let go of your past. And something may have hit you 20 years ago or may have hit you last week, and you need to jettison the baggage. It's time that we learn to walk in authenticity and freedom from fear. So you, you need to let go of some past hurts, rejection, wounds, offenses. You weren't treated right. It didn't happen right. But you've got to let go and move forward and decide that you're just not going to let that cripple you and hold you down during your storm. <sighs> Eight months ago, I, most of you know, I had this terrible fall out here in front of our building. And... and uh, and broke my patella, and, and it was just, it threw me into this period of like, what do I do? I didn't know that a little broken bone like that would affect me so horribly. But I, I just, I think my physical therapist just said, you just keep pressing on, you just keep doing it, keep going to the gym, keep trying. And so many times I just tell my wife, I said, like, I can't stand this. I feel so weak, I'm in pain, I hate this. I feel like I'm progressing zero. <laughs> Eight months later, yesterday, I'm so proud of myself, I, I, which I don't mind bragging on, I did uh, lightly jog a third of a mile on a treadmill for five minutes. My goal, <laughs> it's like, ooh, yeah, but, but really, for me, it's, it's like huge. My goal is to be able to jog a mile in 10 minutes, uh, or 10 to 12 minutes by the end of July on a treadmill. <laughs> See, I had to make the decision to let go of my handicap, regardless of how I felt. In fact, I was at the gym just the other day, and I was doing my leg, leg presses, and, and, uh, and I, thought, I hadn't done this at all. And, and, I, and I, I, I put my, my hands right around here, around my, my thighs, around the quads, and, and, and just, to, just to feel, to you know, see, see what the circumference was, and my fingers touched. And okay, I... I tried the other hand. Well, it doesn't do that on the slide. My fingers don't touch. And then I realized I still have a lot of muscle mass that's missing. And, and, and now it makes sense why my physical therapist says, sir, you're not going to be back up to 100% till maybe Christmas. But it's a handicap, but I'm 
going to keep working out. I'm going to keep moving forward. I, I am going to quit living in the pain that still exists in my knee. Because really, it's in the past. I've made the choice to move forward. I've jettisoned it. During your raging storms, you need to keep making the right choices. And guys, don't capsize. God's word actually shows us those choices. And that's why I can sure say, stay in church. Keep listening to the messages. If you're out of town, get a podcast. Listen to it. Make the right daily choices because those things are going to lead you to success. During your raging storms, believe that God loves you. He loves you. He really does. God loves you. I want you to say, God loves you. Me. Will you say it out loud? Come on, say it out loud with me. God loves me. For some of you, that was really hard. <laughs> but it's true. I want you to say it again. Say it. God loves me. Close your eyes and I want you to say, Jesus loves me. Say it with me. Jesus loves me. Bask in that. Bask in that. Because I'm telling you guys, the biggest deception from hell is that your storm that you are facing, that that's right on you right now, is some kind of a sign that God's angry at you and he doesn't love you. Because here, here's the deal. If Satan can get you to believe that God doesn't love you and has sent that storm to punish you and to beat you up, what ends up happening is you say, well, God doesn't love me, so I'm giving up. Because see, Satan wants your destruction. I'm telling you, that's the biggest form of deception in the world today. See, God's love will keep you focused so you can just take another step. During your raging storms, you need to understand also that sometimes things just take time. It's a process. It just doesn't end automatically. I, I love instant miracles. No, who doesn't? I mean, come on. But this is the microwave world. When, when I was a little kid, we didn't have microwaves until I was about 13 years old. I was so excited. I, I could, we could heat up things fast and we would just we'd put all kinds of things in there just to play with the microwave. But, but the truth is, is that your healing may not happen overnight. Most likely it's gonna take time, quite often a lot of time. You may have to stomp through some snow and hit some slippery patches and march through some mud and, and you feel the elements and your feet and your legs are gonna tire and you just, like, just don't feel like anything's changing, I'm getting nowhere, but here's this, know this. Some things take time, process, is part of God's plan. During your raging storms, you need to surround yourself with positive support. Guys, you need to get some negative voices out of your life. I'm serious. If, if there's anything some of you need to take away from this message today is get the negative voices out of your life because any relationship that is dumping negative sewage into your life needs to be backed away from. Voices that are telling you, oh, you just need to give up. You just need to party and die. You just need to, need to quit. Get a, I, Those are not the voices of God. You need to move away from those things. So what are, what are the positive voices and where are they in your life? And seek them out. In fact, that's one of the reasons why church exists is to get the positive voices in your life because most of the time they're not out there in the world. During your raging storms, you need to stay in God's word every day. It's a lamp to your feet. It's a light to your path. It's the, and I'm telling you, you're going to learn this in this series. I'm going to teach you about how that lamp is absolutely critical in the backcountry. So, so what are the storms that you're currently facing? Are you able to look at your storms with a different perspective today? I'm challenging you guys. Will you commit now, each one of your storms, even list them out in your mind. 
Commit them to God afresh today and believe in your heart that he will not only give you the wisdom to walk through them, but he's going to sustain you as you do so, even though it's painful. Solomon says it this way. He said, there is a time for everything. There's a season for every activity under the heavens, for every purpose. Your storm, it's for a season. And there's a new season right around the corner. Even though it may be really, really tough right now, be confident of this. Listen carefully. God is using today's journey through the backcountry to bring about his purposes. He's in control. He's not going to leave you stranded. He's not forgotten about you. Something amazing will result in your life because of the storm you're now facing. Because listen to this, nothing, 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 nothing that happens to us or around us is random or chaotic. It's all part of God's divine plan. And if during your time in the backcountry you just learn to lean into God's wisdom and his timing and his goodness, your backcountry adventure will not be a wasted experience. Let me ask for no movement at this time. Leaders, pray now. This is the most important part of today. Will you guys just close your eyes and focus internally? First, if you want to know the Jesus that I'm talking about, and you want a clean slate, and you want to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, and follow him on his adventure highway, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. If, if you want to be included in this closing prayer and make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to do one simple act, and that's to lift your hand so that I can see and I can connect with you and we can pray. Because faith is when we respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. Everybody, God loves you so much. He went to the cross and he died for you. He went through that horrible, horrific storm for you so that you could have life, so he could conquer death for you. And everything can change today by receiving him as your Savior and Lord. If you would like to pray with me, just lift your hand. I'll acknowledge that, and we'll all pray together. Just lift your hand for me. Say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. I need Jesus. I want to make my life right with Jesus today. Lift your hand for me, please. Thank you. Who else? I want to give my life to Jesus today. What, if you raise your hand, I want you along with everyone else to stand with me. Come on, I want to ask everyone in this room just to stand with me right now. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If you lifted your hand, everyone else as well, I want you to pray these words with me. And this prayer is a prayer of, of, of dedication to Jesus and also of asking for his help during your storm. Come on, pray these words with me, guys. Pray this out loud. Mean these words from the bottom of your heart. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sin. I believe you're the Son of God. Thank you for going through your storm. Please forgive my sins. 
Today I give up my past. I jettison my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I commit to going the distance with you. And I'm asking for your grace to carry me, to empower me, and to sustain me. Jesus, during my storm, my hope is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information on how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you. 